Or are you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's all welcome. It's the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast with James and Ellie. Hey team, welcome to the second Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast of the year. Um, like buses, you wait three weeks for one and two come along in quick succession. Hope everyone has had a lovely weekend. We are joined by another one of our coaches today, Vicky, who, based on the email signature of the email I had last night, has roughly nine letters after her name. So I'm expecting a masterclass in everything fitness, nutrition and female today. Um, I am here to represent the naive and unknowing Ellie is here to have the valuable conversation with Vicky because today our episode is titled It's Okay to Talk About Periods, Period. So Vicky, I think let's start as we normally do by getting us all loose and warm. Uh, Ellie, would you like to start the, the Q&A proceedings with Vicky? Why not? Okay, so Vicky, uh, your first question for your Q&A is your proudest 2020 achievement. Oh my gosh. Oh, um, renovating a narrowboat. I think that's a, a pretty good achievement. I'm happy with that one. Yeah, right. That's a bit of a curveball as well. With, with, a, with, a, with a very small human in tow. Oh that's yeah, yeah. In a sling for the majority <laughs> of it, yeah. <laughs> um, if and when you eat out, your favourite place to eat out, your go-to place. I'm a really big fan of really simple food. Um, so actually, I, it's rarely something really posh. It'd be something simple like Wagamama, a really nice clean food or a really good brunch. I love brunch. I'm a big yeah. fan of Boston Tea Party. Uh, yeah, give me a good cup of coffee uh, and a really decent cake and I'm happy. Nice. Um, this will be interesting. And I think you'll probably struggle to pick one, but your biggest fitness industry eye roll. So the thing that makes you roll your eyes the most in the fitness industry. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, probably something along the lines of just, um, we were talking the other day about uh, like females in the industry and how much money is put into um, a lot of male sports. And I think um, my big eye roll has come when it's like, oh yeah, uh, the, you know, the male athletes are getting paid a lot of money to do this, but we've got one female athlete who's doing really well. I'm just like, come on, come on girls, we can do this. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I look at, I, uh, my husband works in the surfing industry and that's certainly a, a big thing at the moment, so yeah. For me at the moment, that's my eye roll. Nice. Okay. I like that question as well. I'm, we should use that more. Um, three things always in your cupboard or fridge. Uh, coconut oil. This is free. I'm going to go fridge. Coconut oil, for sure. Um, Flaxseed or chia seeds. Big fan. Good vegan omega-3s. Uh, dark chocolate. 70% or above. Nice. Nice. Um, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? Oh, I've got a big list, actually. I think with lockdown, I've just gone a bit overboard with, uh, <laughs> with creating li uh, lists. But um, I'm going to get my road bike out of uh, storage. It's currently covered in dust. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to get that roadworthy. It's got very flat tyres at the moment and try and get it out on the road again. That's what I yeah, would really like to do for myself. It's 2021. Um, nice. And then final question. 
if your only mode of transport, the, the, the classic now, if your only mode of transport could be a giraffe or a donkey, which one would you choose? Donkey, they're very reliable. Yes. No. No. <laughs> I'm also, my family live in Guernsey and the animal that iconifies Guernsey is a donkey. So. Strong. Wow. You had a head start with that one then, James. This is going to be a good episode because we clearly have somebody of logical <laughs> mind. <on. laughs> um, amazing. So, Vicky, we've, we have got you on to talk about as a bit of a subject matter expert for us. Um, obviously, one of the coaches at Velasco. I don't know an awful lot about you compared to some of the other coaches, so I'm sure that some of the listeners might be in a similar boat. Um, can you give us a kind of two-minute, two to three-minute, who you are, what your experience of the last however long you want entails? Just a bit of an overview. Uh, yes, of course. Um, so... I'm a coach at uh, Valesco, my name's Vicky. Um, I'm also a nutritional therapist. Um, and I got into sort of health and wellness because of my own experience. Um, so I used to um, be best based in Guernsey in the Channel Islands. Uh, and at the time I was um, actually studying architecture or um, architectural technology. Uh, and I was also training to be an age group age group triathlete so I was spending a lot of my time doing triathlon uh, and then I fractured my hip whilst wrecking a race and it basically turned my life around because it really um, made me reconsider um, what I was doing, um, my health um, and how to recover uh, and that turned me to nutrition prior to um, fracturing my hip I'd never really seriously considered nutrition wellness and strength training specifically um, and having that time uh, spent on my back um, it made me realize that if I was going to mentally um, as well as physically recover I needed to turn my life around and that's when I, I turned to nutrition um, having a really clean uh, a more alkaline diet and it just completely rocked my world uh, and from that moment uh, I was like, everyone else needs to know about this. Why are we not being told more about nutrition and why are we not taking it seriously? Uh, and pretty much since then, I've made it my mission uh, to get people thinking about how food can really support us long term. Nice. OK, awesome. Thank you very much. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next 20 to 30 minutes, definitely. So I hope everybody else is. Um, Ellie. Over to you to lead the way. Okay, um, so I think maybe Vicky, it'd be a good idea just for us to set the scene a little bit here. This this podcast kind of it grew from what was going to be kind of a, an article in a newsletter to a Q and A. So actually, let's get Vicky on and let's do a, do a podcast on this particular topic. I think Vicky and I both feel very similarly about this particular topic and the three the, I think the three things for us that we want you guys listening to get out of this is the first one is to try and dispel some of the I guess awkwardness or embarrassment about talking about periods and the female hormonal cycle um, the second one is to kind of understand a little bit more about it and why things happen when they do um, 
Vicky's got some really good tips on how you biohack your own hormones, which are really useful. So if we get onto that, great. If not, we'll do another, we'll do another podcast on that. And then the third one, which is potentially the most important is just for people to, or women in particular, to understand how their cycle impacts their training and how they can work with it rather than against it. Because whilst it often feels like our hormones are against us a lot of the time. There are ways of working with them where we can actually turn them to our advantage at certain points of the month, because ladies, there are times in the month where you can actually increase your strength more than a guy could in terms of percentages, but there are times where you're going to have to really step back off what you're trying to achieve because you won't get anywhere, however hard you work. So I think that's probably the biggest part of this that um, we want to, um, you guys to talk about so we're going to get into it. i'm going to pose vicky a couple of um fairly straightforward questions to get the conversation flowing and then we'll kind of get into the into the meat of this a little bit more so vicky do you just want to kind of for people who may not know much about hormones other than hormones give us our periods do you want to explain just a little bit on what hormones are and why we have them yeah of course um so in simple terms like the in a nutshell, a hormone is essentially your, one of your body's chemical messengers. So it is its job is literally to send messages um, around the body um, and generally be, well, between specialist cells and glands. And the glands are known as endocrine glands. Uh, you have your own body's um, sort of hormone epicenter, which has uh, an endocrine glands and an endocrine system as well. Um, and, and hormones themselves are transported um, or released into the bloodstream and transported around the bloodstream to go to a target um, gland uh, to receive that message. So hormones aren't just um, based around um, the reproductive cycle, they also um, affect many other uh, physiological activities, including growth, our, metabolize, our metabolism, our appetite, as well as things like, as well as puberty uh, and fertility. So that's sort of hormones in a nutshell. Nice. Um, okay, and then I guess more from a, from a female specific perspective, what is their, what is their role when it comes to female hormonal cycle? Um, and do you want to just give people um, a really simple breakdown of the kind of how long a cycle lasts and the different phases in it? And then that probably lead us on to more kind of meaningful conversation about why um, or how it impacts us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our female uh, cycle is essentially, it is a hormonal cycle. It is... Um, hormones uh, that um, allow our body to prepare for reproduction. So the first thing that is always worth remembering, especially with, um, with the cycle, that it is at the end of the day, our body's preparing to make tiny humans. Um, and don't, I think a lot of people fight so much against their cycle, that that's what we are created to do uh, and that is why our hormones uh, are sending all those crazy messages uh, even if it is yeah making us go slightly loopy so <laughs> uh, let's discuss uh, the actual um, menstrual cycle so the average on a like an average person who's functioning um, healthily 
the average menstrual cycle is 28 days long, although this can range between 21 and 35 days. Um, and then within that, it's split into um, two cycles, so approximately 14 days each. Uh, the first cycle, or the first half of it, is known as the follicular phase, and I'll go into that a little bit more depth in a second. And the, the second half is known as the luteal phase. So our period starts day one of that cycle and ovulation, so our body releasing eggs um, for essentially a sperm to be implanted to create, to fertilize an egg, uh, happens right in the middle. So the role, yeah, the role of hormones within all that is just to trigger all of it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about hormones, uh, about our period. So our period, also known as the Menzies, should last about five to six days. Um, and during that time, uh, our ovaries start to increase um, the production of a hormone uh, called oestrogen. Oestrogen, uh, I like to call it our sort of our nesting hormone. Um, and the first few days of that, um, another hormone is released um, called follicular stimulating hormone. So without getting too um, baffled by what follicular st um, stimulating hormone is, its role is to simulate a few um, ovarian follicles to mature eggs. So big fact here is that we are actually born with our eggs. We don't make them as we develop. Uh, we're born with about a million eggs, but actually when we, in our lifetime, in our reproductive lifetime, so from the stage our period starts, um, we'll actually ovulate, uh, so release um, about three to 400 um, female eggs. So from about, from day one to around day 12, that's all like nicely ticking along, um, but around, day 12 of our cycle, our hormones, specifically oestrogen, ramp up with another hormone called luteinizing hormone, um, causing ovulation. And that is what Ellie and I will probably talk a little bit more about is, is our high hormone phase. So that's when we've got all of our hormones like at their highest peak and that's when PMS occurs. So that's when we get cranky boys. Um, so, once all of that's done, yeah, a hormone, uh, uh, an egg is released from our fallopian tubes. Um, and this is then, in simple terms, converted into, it, it's an egg, um, but it's also known as a cort uh, corpus luteum. So if you ever hear it in your biology textbooks, that's what it's referred to as. And this structure releases a, a lot of um, hormone, uh, of the two hormones, estrogen uh, and progesterone. So yeah, estrogen, it's all about nesting and then progesterone, its role is all about pre preparation for fertilization. And that is, is yeah, what our cycle is all about. Nice. So this, that high hormone phase sort of marks the beginning of our second phase, our luteal phase. Um, and that's yeah, when we're on sort of high gear hormone wise. And if that egg then which it normally isn't, isn't implanted um, into the lining of the, fertilized and implanted into the lining of the uterus, then our hormone progesterone falls um, and our lining, the uterine lining is then shed and that is your period. So that brings you 
all the way around to the beginning of that cycle. And there's a 28 days cycle in a nutshell. Thanks, Vicky. Um, I think for, for a lot of people, if you're anything like me, I, I really struggle to retain that sort of information, but certainly the, the sort of the two different phases for me, are the things that I think when I first started um, paying a bit more attention, I guess, to how I was feeling at certain times of the month, how my period was affecting my training, um, that was the sort of thing where I was like, right, am I kind of week one or two around my week three or four? Because those are the things that kind of made it easier for me to, to break it down. So weeks sort of two and three are probably for me, my, my best weeks where I'm like, right, I can pretty much do whatever I want. My training is not going to be impacted. Um, week four, depending on what my hormones are doing is sometimes a total write-off and I'm a horrible person to be around. Um, other times it doesn't really impact me. And then the same with week one, it depends a little bit on how much my hormones are raging and how much cramping I've got or whatever that, that then impacts uh, my training. So I suppose what's probably going to be more useful or now useful for people is, or is to figure is for us to kind of go into the sort of detail, I suppose, a little bit more of, um, what we can expect at different phases. Um, maybe we talk about it in weeks, kind of one, two, three, and four. Um, and any sort of useful biohacks you've got, I guess, in terms of um, how we can manage stuff. So for me, I think one of the things that I found most interesting, Vicky, you'll be able to expand on this a little bit, is that I actually find I gas quicker in a workout at certain points of the month than I do in others. Um, and on reading about it, there is a physiological reason as to why, because your blood is slightly thicker at certain points of the month due to various different hormones, which means that you're going to gas quicker. Now, for me, that was a revelation because once a month I was like, oh, my God, I feel really unfit. And it's not. It's just that my body is having to work harder to move oxygen. So that, that's one of the things that I think might be useful for women to understand. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess do you want to. Um, I mean, either talk about it from your own perspective or talk about the sort of things that we can expect at different stages of the month from a training perspective. Absolutely. Um, Go so, week one, start the start. start yeah, I think the, the first thing um, to sort of yeah, talk about is that, that the beginning of your cycle is when you're shedding your, your uterine lining, so you're having a period. Um, so I guess... I'll, as far, as far as a female athlete is concerned, it's a, it's a bit of a pain to be quite honest, uh, because you're having to deal with, yeah, sorting out, um, yeah, that, that blood loss. Um, but the other side of it is that actually at the beginning of your, or during your period and the, the period, the time that follows, um, the, well, the next sort of two weeks really, is when your um, hormones are at, at their lowest. Um, so, in sort of in an like putting it bluntly is it's when your body is most like a man's hormones um hormone level so you uh, it means your body is thinking less about preparation for um creating another human and more um has the ability to well focus on the important things of life which is obviously you know chasing or hunting tigers uh <laughs> running away from danger you know the, the the main things that men get up to these days um so actually that should be a time when um you're pretty strong and you have the ability then uh, during those times um to yeah probably to crack down on things like um yeah looking at 
heavy lifting, PRs, um, you have probably a better capacity, endurance capacity as well. Um, so yeah, that, that first or those 12 days um, are a really good time to, to really sort of try and nail it um, at the gym. I think uh, that's, that's probably one thing that's really, I, just, I guess I just want to labour over that point for a second slightly because um, I think that came as a real surprise to me is that our hormones are most aligned to our male counterparts when we start our periods. Because I was like, how does that make any sense? Because guys don't go through this. So that feels totally counterintuitive to me. But mm. understanding that it's when all our hormones drop, that obviously then makes more sense. Um, I think the other thing for me personally is the first couple of days of my cycle, I've I can feel pretty grim. I can feel really bloated. I can feel really uncomfortable. Um, but on the days where I'm like, Do you know what, I'm just going to try and ignore that. I'm going to take some painkillers. I'm going to get a couple of good nights sleep. Actually, as much as, again, it feels like it probably shouldn't happen. I do often train better in weeks one and two than even three or four. Mm. Um, so, yeah, girls, it, feel, it feels a bit weird or maybe counterintuitive, but it, it I mean, have test it out with your newfound knowledge, kind of give it a bit of a road test. But um, but yeah, I mean, I certainly weeks two and into three for me are definitely, definitely among the better weeks for my training. Yeah, 100%. And I, you know, the other side of that is, is women out there don't beat yourself up, especially those first few days of your period. Yeah. Um, because especially if uh, you're someone who does um, suffer a little bit more with, with cramping, um, cramping what that is is your body um having to effectively shed that um that uterine lining so it doesn't happen on its own uh, there are muscles involved um and that cramping is literally your muscles squeezing contracting so it can get rid of that lining so it can flush it out so your body's working harder so that's why we get other cravings during our periods because our, our bodies are, are working during that time so expect to maybe reach for that little chocolate bar because actually your body's working harder that, than the, the rest of the time because it's got to yeah get rid of some lining so you it, it's not well, it's, it's likely you're going to burn around 200 more calories a day um, during that time. So that's why we often around that time might crave stuff um, because, yeah, um, our, our body's working that little bit harder. Um, With regards to cramping, is it the sort of thing that you're either somebody that experiences it or doesn't? Or is there things that you can... Is, is you know does things like nutritional choice and diet choice and and lifestyle play into whether or not you experience it because i know some people experience severe cramping and other people not so much yeah absolutely and there's you know there's lots of um thoughts around why some people um experience cramping more than others but um yes diet does it, completely um interplay into that so um i often talk if anyone's um been on any of our other podcast or, or other chats uh, about about magnesium so that's um a big support uh, if you are someone who deals with, uh, who gets more cramping so um we have two minerals which really um play a big part with it with contraction and relax and relaxation um of of our muscles um and magnesium plays a huge part um, in the relaxation. So calcium plays a huge part in the contraction of our muscles, um, magnesium in the relaxation. Um, so certainly if you're someone um, who does 
cramp more uh, or find they, they have more painful cramps, if you can get yeah, more magnesium into your diet, that makes, it makes a huge difference. Um, and things like omega-3 oils as well, um, just having things having uh, nutritional support which deals with with inflammation um because again you know that contraction um can yeah then make us feel a little bit more sore a little bit more inflamed so really helping to support that what's your uh, what's your go-to like one or two things for increasing the magnesium intake so from a nutritional point of view, leafy greens all the way. So dark leafy greens are, are the yeah, absolute go-to for magnesium. Um, and then from a, a, a less nutritional point of view, um, more recently, actually, I've been really getting into magnesium sulfate baths uh, and Epsom salt baths, because um, actually I am someone, I am that classic cramper. Um, and yeah, so I hats off to, to those ladies out there who are, who really do struggle with cramps it's something I've I've had all my life um so yeah anything that can help me with with that sort of relaxation really helps so and I really find um a good yeah a good soak when I can find the time in a, a really uh, good dosed um magnesium sulfate bath so again if you're someone who is looking to have uh, an Epsom salt or magnesium sulfate bath start small um so that would be like a measuring cup's worth, but you can actually build it up. So I, I personally will use a more therapeutic dose. And essentially by the time I've, I've soaked for 20 minutes, I come out feeling like I've had you know, a really hard massage, <laughs> but that, that really helps, really makes a difference. And also, you know, things like just, yeah, baths and stuff that helps to relax us. So the, if you're stressed, during a period that's just going to increase that that stress so yeah anything that will help to relax you um makes a big what difference your take on painkillers as well because i know i mean i'm i'm similar to you i i do struggle with cramps sometimes worse than others but do you do you advocate the use of painkillers and if you do are there so i know that and we'll, again, we, I want to get into this a little bit. You can take aspirin the week before your period, which is sometimes a really good way of helping with some of the kind of PMS type um, symptoms. But yeah, do you advocate use of painkillers? I think there is a time and a place um, for painkillers, especially if it is, you know, affecting um, your day to day activity. So, uh, yes, um, aspirin um, and um, paracetamol have the ability to reduce the effect of, of, of cramps. Um, and that's, yeah, all part of what we call our inflammation pathway. Um, so they actually block um, a pathway which increases um, pain. So actually, I think if you are really struggling with pain um, during your period, yes, uh, well, aspirin a week before your period, can help reduce those effects and during your periods um, paracetamol with food can can negate those effects um, if you're someone who really doesn't want to use painkillers um, yeah as we we've just um, chatted about um, the use of magnesium um, omega-3 and actually uh, something you like Elle is a high dose um, turmeric um, which actually acts on the same pathways um, can be uh, the, more, the more natural route. Yeah. Nice. Um, and is it, is it more placebo effect or is there some science behind, obviously the first couple of days we've said, don't give yourself a hard time, take it easy. 
but is there some science behind easing of cramps and feeling better if you move so either come into the gym and just do something at a lower intensity or go for a walk or is that is that fiction absolutely not and I think you know the main thing is 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 diverting <laughs> the pain really no getting yourself thinking about other things so you know if your body is focusing on on those um con contractions or like with it to, to shed lining if you can get moving uh, and using other muscles that is obviously going to you know spread out that that movement your body's going to probably think it's going to focus less on um uterine contractions the other side of that if if your um, muscles are working elsewhere, that's actually going to naturally help to stimulate like our muscles working. Um, so it will, yeah, naturally support um, that, that sort of contraction phase. Um, so yeah, absolutely get get moving. It will really it will help you mentally anyway, just from a, a mental side. It'll stop you focusing on on yes any pains. Um, and it, but it'll also yeah just sort of naturally uh, help with that sort of flushing side wow. okay so so week one day one we know that it's when we start shedding the lining it's when we can feel really bloated it's when we often get crampy and stuff so let's if we move into sort of week two because talking from personal experience this is where I start to feel the positives of having a cycle and sort of into week three what are the what would be your recommendation or what, what can women expect to experience in that sort of end of week one into week two and then into week three from a, from a training perspective? And how would you advise they tackle their training in, in that time? So during that, that second week, uh, that's what we call that low hormone phase. So that's the time when it that's your time really girls to to get out there and try for your prs uh, you're going to have a greater endurance capacity as well so if you're someone who um you know wants to go for a bit longer or or even thinking about sort of strength endurance as well that is your time to like just get in the gym uh, get outside running whatever it is that that you want to do uh, and utilize that that should be the time where you feel at your best uh you probably feel at your leanest as well um time to get a bikini like a bikini on and get your photo shoot out really <laughs> uh, because that is is the time where yeah actually um ladies you, you will probably most likely feel um at your best um and then starting to be mindful around day 10 um to day 12 of your cycle when those those hormones are start are going to start to really ramp up and, and that is what we call the high hormone phase so that's when you're going to you may start to experience um yeah what we what is known as pms or premenstrual um syndrome and so yeah during that time you want to start yeah just be mindful and take care um because that's when you might start to experience things like mood swings um and what that is basically is our hormones affecting uh, the emo emotional center of our brain um which can then make us feel tireder uh, just a bit more lethargic a lower mood um maybe yeah a little less energy then you're also gonna during that high hormone phase because your body is just is focusing on on that sort of re releasing of an egg and just think about reproduction um you might have less 
a reduced reaction time. Um, so just if your coordination is a bit out, that that's why. Blame it on the period or blame it on the being a female. Um, it's also a time when maybe your blood sugars might not be as balanced as normal. So if yeah, if you're finding you're getting more cravings. Um, that yeah is a result of just those hormones being at, at that peak time um even things like your breathing will ch can or changes uh, you might feel colder or hot and cold um and yeah feeling a bit more bloated so that that will all tend to happen around yeah that that high hormone phase or that sort of the middle um of your cycle when the, all your hormones are, are are out there and at their highest I mean that, that I mean all of that's really really useful information. I think the I mean PMS is very real. I mean we we often talk about someone being oh she's do you want a period she's grumpy and she's miserable um, and it is real and, and it does it does affect a lot of people in, on a fairly significant level. So I think that's something to to be aware of. It's obviously not going around asking women if they're during their period, but just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of consideration if a you know they are because you live with them um whether they're relatives or partners um and the second thing is just to be just to be kind to yourselves and each other as well particularly girl to girl as well like we all go through this um and it it, it you know it's it's something that I suppose you you probably just get used to and you learn to deal with but it's it is one of those things where I think particularly if you have a difficult cycle um or you struggle with cramps or you really struggle with pms that it is something that you get to the point where sometimes you just think i don't want to deal with this this month and it just feels like something else to deal with on top of all the day-to-day -day kind of life stuff so um i think for me understand the more i understand about the female cycle the more i can not justify being a rat bag to people because i still have control <laughs> of what i say and and how i am with people um but having an awareness of it means that I can I can stop myself saying things that I possibly um, shouldn't. But also just having that kind of awareness allows you to be a little bit kinder to yourself. That this, it, you know, a lot of it is how you deal with it isn't out of your control. But what's going on in your body is not something that you can really can really control. Um, what, Vicky? What do you? What so what what would you be your I suppose top three suggestions or kind of biohacks for dealing with the high hormone phase? I mean, the, a big one for me was understanding about the breathing, um, and I suppose I, I don't know whether you want to just go into a little tiny bit of detail on that, just so that because I think it's something that is probably one of the if you talk to women about it, they will say they do get out of breath, but they, it will be, it's one of the lesser spoken about symptoms and therefore people like to have less understanding of it about how and why it occurs and what we can potentially do about it. And then just maybe a couple of other things that you would suggest would be of benefit to, to the majority of people listening when it comes to dealing with that high hormone phase. Absolutely, Let, in fact, let's just talk about the high hormone phase because there's so much that goes on. And so it would be good for women, I think, to identify with these things. So um, the first thing, uh, which like, I've, if I think about high hormone phase is, is actually um, our body is, is less able um, to um, build muscle and it finds it, it struggles more to, um, it turns up the breakdown of muscle. So um, this also means, especially it, during hard efforts, things might feel a little bit 
um, more difficult during your high hormone phase. Um, the next thing um, for me is obviously is, is cravings. Um, so the, the hormone estrogen reduces our actual ability to, to burn um, carbohydrate as well. Uh, which actually has its pros and cons. So um, the, the good side of that is actually it, it you hold on to your glycogen, so the, the sugar that we retain in our muscle to allow us to move. So it means actually for endurance sports during that, that high hormone phase, um, your, your muscles are actually holding on to energy for longer. So you, you might actually be able to go for longer. So I, I think it's worth just noting there that actually your high hormone phase isn't always bad. It does have some pros to it. Um, but the other side is that for intense exercise, um, such as functional fitness, um, your body is gonna find it that little bit harder. Uh, and so making sure as a woman, you're getting enough protein during that time is really uh, important. And then, yeah, as we just spoke about um, with breathlessness, et cetera, um, it's worth remembering that those, those peak hormones, estrogen and progesterone, affect so many things within our bodies. For example, things like um, you know, fluid retention, um, which sort of constricts our blood vessels, um, making bre um, like breathing a little bit more labored. Uh, it also means we retain more water. So that's why we feel bloated. It makes our blood that little bit thicker. So again, it makes it harder to pump oxygen around our body. Um, and also with that, it leads to a lower blood volume. Um, and so, um, yeah, we just don't have that, that cardiac output um yeah that that source of oxygen just like pumping pumping to to allow us to to move as quickly um so there's so much going on during that high hormone phase um i think it's just yeah as a woman just worth giving yourself a bit of a break really um because yeah your body's working really hard uh, and my massive takeaway around that is that yeah, like women, you're amazing. Like you have the ability to create tiny humans, like these little people. Um, yeah, just absolutely value that. You know, it doesn't matter whether you you have kids or want kids, but you have this incredible um, like mechanism within your system. And yeah, don't fight it. Try and work with it. Um, so yeah, during those high hormone phases, just yeah, maybe use it as a time either to to maybe do less intense exercise, uh, and maybe if you're someone who who doesn't mind a bit of of more endurance stuff like going out for a run or just going out for a bike ride, yeah. and just yeah, chill out a bit then. And then yeah, when you you're at you're during your low hormone phase, use that to to really embrace exercise. Nice, Vicky. From a from a coach's point, um, what would be your advice to other coaches um male and female now when they've got female athletes in the gym I mean obviously a lot of as much as it should be something that we talk about um with the same level of embarrassment that we talk about food which is zero I I'm, a, I'm conscious that it is something that for some people is uncomfortable and and would still catch them by surprise if we start asking them what day of their cycle they're on in the, in the gym um what would be your advice to coaches if any around the difference in coaching women to coaching men do we have that frank conversation with people um 
or would there be another way that you would approach it so that we can make sure that we are coaching women in a way that's going to allow them to understand things a little bit better I guess I mean I don't know if there's a simple answer to that I'm just kind of hey firstly coaches be sensitive <laughs> the first thing I think I actually you know, one of the things that's beautiful about Valesco, Ellie, is is that you, we're we're such a community, um, and that you know that's what brings people. One of the reasons I'm sure that brings people and keeps people um, with with Valesco um, as a fin- fitness collective um, because we we're a, we're a family. We and actually, if if any gym is able to have more frank conversations, it's this gym. That said, especially you male coaches out there, probably not saying, uh, so what day of your period are you? Uh (laughs) Or what day of your cycle are you guys? Um, (laughs) Might not go too well, especially at a high hormone phase when you're likely to get bashed. (laughs) Um, But certainly for um, coaches who maybe are working with more, maybe at more one-to-one level, um, I certainly do it uh, if I'm working with um, female athletes um, from a nutritional point of view is, um, is then, you, you know, when you've got that little bit more of a personal relationship or when you start get to know someone more, then maybe, you, yeah, you can start to address exactly sort of when they might be. So yeah, um, having a lighter conversation about, yeah, when, you know. I think the thanks Vicky that, that's useful I think for any of you listening out there is I think from our from our from a coaching perspective as your coaches <coughs> we're here to support you in any way that you need us to um, and if that includes talking about your cycle then and you're happy to do it then feel free to do it because I think the more the more normalized this conversation becomes the better um, certainly none of the girls in the gym will have any have any sorry, the female coaches will have an issue talking about it. Um, you might catch one of the two male coach, coaches off guard, but if they've listened to this podcast, then they'll know what's coming. So they'll be well prepared for it. But just, yeah, if you want to ask questions about it or you know where you are in your cycle and you're feeling a bit crap or you hit a PR and you weren't expecting it and you want to know the potential reasons behind it, then feel free to open up that conversation because we're all certainly very happy to talk about it. So if you are too, then then feel free to... Yes. Absolutely. You know, our role as coaches is not to judge. Uh, and the other side of that is, you know, we're human too. Uh, <laughs> we're not superhuman. Um, so yeah, we will, yeah, if anyone ever wants to come up and have a conversation with us, our, our job is that it is for you to get the, the best out of your experience um, at the gym. Uh, it is by no way um, to judge. Um, and so yeah, come and approach us with you know, whatever. Like if, it, if it ultimately, if it helps us help you, I mean, I'm, you know, as one of the male coaches, I wouldn't really have a problem with anybody approaching it from whatever angle they felt comfortable approaching it. Um, because it's something that happens. It's not something I know a huge amount about, but the more that we're exposed to it, the more we'll learn. Um, and I think, you know, at the start of a class, I say, if there's anything that affects how you should or could move today, come and let me know. And we, we default to thinking about that in terms of injury but actually this falls very much under that category. I wouldn't expect everybody to queue up and start telling me about the month, but you know, as a, as a starting point, if somebody feels comfortable sharing and, and it helps us coach and, and ultimately scale things or you know, push you in a way that means you're gonna get more from your time at the gym, I, I think it's, it's only a positive, really. Absolutely, James. Uh, Vicky, I have a question. Right you, 
you said earlier on that the cycle can be anywhere from 26 to 35 days uh, or maybe maybe a day or two out of, of that that let's let's say it was towards the back does that are you again the type of person that you know your cycle might be more towards 35 days pretty regularly and and if that's the case obviously your you know your month month to month could look very different is there anything you can do to kind of regulate it and almost like kickstart the process so that you're in control of of the the period of that cycle so i think it's you know first of all you know women out there um it, it's you know a, a cycle can be anything between 21 and 35 days so if you're someone who has uh, yeah the lower amount like 21 days don't beat yourself off about that the same with with if it's that bit longer that that is not not normal um so with regards to then thinking about your cycle just yeah split it in two and then you you can think about your your two phases follicular and luteal or all that middle part the high hormone phase just yeah. within your cycle the other side of, of of maybe your question there james is um about more irregular cycles so i think if you're a woman out there and you know your cycle is 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 35 days but it's that every like it, it's regular or like like clockwork every 35 days uh, your period starts then that is your normal but if you're someone who misses a period or doesn't have a period for six months and then gets a very light period with really hard period pains um that's when your cycle is is irregular and that's when um it would be worth i would say talking to um, a professional, going to see your, your GP, um, you're going to see, uh, certainly as a nutritional therapist, I can support with things like that. Um, that's when it, it's maybe start to, time to start thinking about an intervention uh, and certainly things that can um, make uh, a cycle irregular are, are things, you know, what I would call life load. So, um, such as stress, um, actually over-exercising can affect um, our ability to have a regular um, period. Um, family history to an extent, you know, our genetics do slightly affect how, how our periods happen, but unlikely to make us so much irregular. And there, you know, there are often, you know, there are actual um, uh, uh, hormone um, or, or disorders or, or um, around hormones that, that would then off, can also um, need to be identified. Um, so yeah, if you're someone who, who misses periods or has irregular periods, that is something to, to think about. And certainly diet can affect us with, with normal, normal cycles, but it can also be a massive support if your cycle isn't is irregular. Might, might be a little bit of an obvious question. Do you put value on on tracking your own body and and if so kind of how how do you do absolutely so i am a big fan of a biohack <laughs> if anyone knows me uh that's a beauty of being a nutritional therapist um <laughs> but there are yeah a million apps out there actually um so um i will actually send a link to I'll maybe to put on uh, one of the Facebook groups for some yeah. some good apps. They're all personal preference, really. Um, but yeah, in this age of of yeah, 
technology, let's use it to its finest. So um, whether you're someone who, who yeah, wants to use an app to track your cycle or even to just mark it down in the calendar, it's well worth doing uh, and knowing your body. Uh, you know, that's not just for women, that's for men as well. Know, know your body, know it inside out, be proud of your body and what it does. Um, and it's then that you can identify if, if it's not, you know, that it's working optimally um, and work with that. Nice. Um, Vicky, um, there's, there's so much information here, which has been, I mean, I, I mean, even I've learned something new today as well. Um, James has probably learned quite a lot this morning, fairly steep learning curve for him this morning. Um, can you, I'm, I'm conscious this is a topic that we could probably talk about all day. Um, and if there is a call for a second one, then I'm more than happy to, to continue talking about this topic. But um, maybe a nice way to, to round off um, this particular conversation would be just giving us your, I don't know, maybe your three top tips for managing our cycles, um, which might make things either a little bit easier, um, a little bit more bearable, or how we can just be a little bit kinder to ourselves to make to make it that that bit easier every month to to sort of deal with. Hundred percent. Well, I, I think I've covered most of them um, anyway. But yeah, just to highlight. Um, First thing, attitude. You are a woman. It is a beautiful thing. You have the ability to create tiny humans. Work with that, not against it. You are truly amazing women out there. Um, but if you can manage that, why not? So uh, yeah, track your cycle. So write it down in whatever form that works for you, but keep a journal um, of, you know, and that's as easy as when your periods, starts when it ends uh, and yeah maybe write down you know this is the time I was feeling a bit cranky this is where the mood swings works you know even if you just trial it for a couple of months it'll start to give you an idea of of the regularities and maybe the irregularities and that's when you can start thinking about how uh, your interventions with that also we haven't really touched upon this and this is uh probably where we could do another podcast it is is actually specific yeah nutrition to support our cycle but um certainly the role of protein uh, and specifically um our branch uh, chain amino acids one of which is an amino acid called lutein uh, and that is our, our body's um basically uh, it helps us build muscle um making sure you've got having a good quality um, BCAA uh, or even just a good quality good quality protein especially around um, your that high hormone phase can can really um, help your ability um, to, to function day to day but also when you're training and um, because as I sort of briefly touched upon that's the time uh, where your body is is finding it easier to break down muscle and harder to build muscle so you know that is as simple as you know you know, having some chocolate milk and a handful of almonds. That's my uh, favourite. That's my favourite <laughs> bit of all of this that I was trying to get out of you is that <laughs> fully allowed to drink chocolate milk whilst on your period because it helps you feel better. That was my <laughs> Vicky, that was my sole purpose. <laughs> <laughs> like there are pros and cons of, of every, like of every nutritional event in, 
intervention but at the end of the day there is a time when um yeah chocolate milk is actually a really good quality source of amino acids specifically lutein um and a handful of almonds can be a really good source of, of uh, a more omega-3 based protein so yes go for that if that works for you uh, you can also buy more specifically branded bca a drinks. I'm a big fan of, of the more plant-based ones out there, especially those that are, are blended with electrolytes. Because remember, ladies, during your, your high hormone phase, that's also the time when you're, you're retaining water. So a good electrolyte can really help with that. Um, and yeah, just taking that around exercise can be a massive support. Um, and then finally, if you're someone like me who struggles with, with period pains, um, it's a really good opportunity to um, get a good quality either well making sure you're having those leafy greens in your diet um kale spinach swiss greens whatever works for you but just yeah making sure you're having that at least once a day if not more um and some good quality omega-3 whether that's from um like like i said in my favorite foods chia seeds flax seeds but also you know oily fish if you're someone who has fish or or, or getting good quality supplements um and then yeah the ability of turmeric now it's used so much supplementally that can really help with reducing inflammation around period pain so yeah use nutrition to support support period pains and then if you have to have if you then need to intervene with with painkillers use that you know when you need it as opposed to taking it around the clock nice thanks vicky that was um, probably about 10 points within three points <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm conscious that there's been um, a lot of very specific information um, in this podcast, which has been fantastic. Um, I think we've managed to, I say we, you, Vicky, have managed to kind of bring together the most important points. So I know you said you were going to send me um, a link. It, it might be worth, if you're happy, for me to share the notes that you put together for this podcast so that people can kind of read it. If, it's, if they're anything like me, they'll find reading information easier to absorb having listened to it and found it interesting um and just with another couple of links maybe i mean i know i use i don't i cannot stand the taste of turmeric which is no hidden secret from people that i talk to nutrition about i think it's rank but i do take a turmeric supplement so um vicky and i if that's all right with you vicky we'll put together a couple of little bits um to go along with the release of this podcast just so that people have got access to some of the some of the information that we've that we've been through yeah, no problem at all. Uh, there's so much resource out there. Let's use it. Fantastic. Thanks, Vicky. Amazing. Ellie, thank you very much. Vicky, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure everybody by now will be realising what a resource Vicky is. So she hasn't allowed me to say this, but reach out to her directly if you want any support or any questions answered. Um, yes. Hopefully there'll now be an influx of people to, to take, take, your, take your time. Um, I think we're going to do a little bit of a series with with Vicky. There's you know there's an awful lot more to go into nutrition and um, you know, further down the rabbit hole of training and, and the female cycle. So I think there'll be a few more of these to come. Hopefully you all really valued the information this morning. I certainly have. Um, guys, if you want to join me on the next podcast where we talk about why it's okay to drink chocolate milk all month round, how to <laughs> um, and the optimum window for challenging your partner to an arm wrestle, then. Um, feel free. Um, Vicky and Ellie, thank you so much. Team, it's been wonderful. Thank you for listening and allowing us to 
deliver further musings to you, especially through this lockdown. As always, if there's anything specific you want us to cover, reach out, let us know. Somebody somewhere will be a subject matter expert on something that you want to know more about, and we are happy to find that person for you. Ellie, have a lovely day. Vicky, enjoy the rest of your day. And team, we will see you again soon. Have a lovely day.